based on the graphic novels by Mike Mignola. Hellboy, caught between the worlds of the supernatural and human, battles an ancient sorceress bent on revenge. (gasps) (laughs) All right. Um, I think that uh, you had less problems than I had with this movie, yet I still wasn't fully disappointed at this movie at the same time. You know? Okay. Um, I think uh, my problems, just to lay them all out there, is uh, first off, more than anything else, this does not have the collective charisma of the Del Toro films. No, it does not. And that that fucking bugs me because there's other. This movie has a lot of good things going for it, and if it had that stuff, I'd be like, "Oh fuck, this is amazing! I'm glad that they chose to, you know to go in this direction." Well, you know? Neil Marshall. You said his name in this like kind of a, a condescending way. <laughs> Neil Marshall. Shut up. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Here we go. Um, He's bald. He is. I feel sorry for him. Yeah, yeah. I was so sorry for him and the money he's making. He did uh, Dog Soldiers, directed Centurion. He did uh, two episodes of Game of Thrones. And uh, he did the Watchers on the Wall game episode of Game of Thrones. He did The Descent. Have you ever seen The Descent? Uh, The Descent. Yeah, you know where the chicks go underground um, spelunking? Yeah, I know know what it's about. No. It's not a bad movie. It's not fucking bad at all. I don't. Yeah. It's a good horror film. No. He did a Time uh, Westworld, and he did an episode of Lost in Space as well. So he's got a pretty good track record. Yeah. And I, I you know, I can't, I don't think I can blame him for the for the overall film unless he was part of the writing crew or the casting crew. But he is the director though, right? right. Um, yeah. And well, it starts off with Hellboy in Mexico, just so that you guys know. Which was cool. And I like that. Yeah, and if you're a fan of... If you're a fan of Nacho Libre. <laughs> yeah, if you're a fan of... Luchador. Okay, why well, can't... Sometimes Wikipedia, people don't link properly on Wikipedia. The Okay, so the film draws inspiration from The Darkness Calls, The Wild Hunt, The Storm and the Fury, and Hellboy in Mexico. But it opens with Hellboy in Mexico. Yeah. And Hellboy in Mexico... It's when he went to go find that agent that was missing. Correct. The dude, he finds him in the middle of a fucking wrestling ring or boxing ring, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. In 1956, Hellboy caravans across Mexico, vampire hunting with luchadores, finding the Aztecs' gods, fighting evil turkeys and <laughs> Frankenstein's monster, and drinking way too much tequila. That would have been hilarious to see some evil fucking turkeys. Yeah. Well. Oh, th- th- that fits. Doesn't that fucking fit with my flick of the week? Exactly. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> nice tits, bitch. <laughs> that stupid fucking movie. <laughs> um, and Magnola was good. It was okay with that. It's not necessarily it doesn't fit within uh, the the timeline that they're trying to go with. But if you noticed, I mean, they there wasn't a lot of cell phone usage in you know or or real technology used in the in this movie. Like uh-huh. you, I mean, they used cell phones and whatnot, but. Well, that's because all Mex- Mexicans are savages. No, no, no. That's why we're building a wall. In the movie, you dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> He's racist. You're racist. <laughs> well, I was doing it in the Jim Gaffigan way, you know. And then, here we go. Darkness calls. If you notice in the comic, Hellboy, if you you know put aside his uh, his uh, whammer, um, he's not. He, I mean, he's tall, but he's not fucking buff. Like he is in the movies, he seems to be a little more slender. I mean, well, he's, he's not really buff in the 
in the comic books. That, that's see. what I mean. You know, in the movies, they make him look fucking, you know, like... You know. Yeah. They look, it looks like he's out of a there fucking uh, a Danzig video and shit. Uh, not really. <laughs> yeah, so... And, oh, Baba Yaga. Okay. So, Darkness... Darkness calls... Um, there are several plot lines. Uh-huh. Uh, you have uh, the three witches. You have... Uh, the Baba Yaga? Baba Yaga and, and a bunch of other... Um, Rasputin was mentioned. I mean, they show him in the in the uh, flashback scene, right? Oh, know. the Grugach of Lockleen. Sounds like something you get on your fucking nether regions. Stop! I got a good strong case of the Grugach. Please stop. Oh uh, no! I, they were reading off on this shit, dude. <laughs> and they could have used any one of these books just totally as as. The basis for the film. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean... And then they got The the Wild Hunt, The Storm and the Fury. Uh, I would have been down for a Hellboy in Mexico straight up. I th- I, I would think that that would have been cool. Um, I mean, look, they even had the dude with the uh, the fucking antler, uh, you know, with the... I almost said topiary. <laughs> with the, uh, the goddamn uh, taxidermied uh, deer head on. Yeah. So uh, the see the wild hunt is is what I think that this is mostly um, based off of. But see, you got the Grugach again, uh, Morgan Le Fay. I let's get into the movie. Let let us. So the um, I like the whole Mexico sequence. I thought that was really cool, and it was a, it was a cool fight. Nice introduction to the character. They didn't start the film off with some origin bullshit, you know, and. It was. It had a little bit of humor to it. It didn't have as much humor to it as as Ron Perlman's um, Hellboy would have had, but that's okay. Uh, but all in all, I like the whole Mexico sequence, you know. But now that I read that there were evil turkeys, I, I really wish they had been there. Now I might have to change my whole opinion about Anyways. that sequence. So that see, when I talk about it, that's when you're supposed to cut and go and say what you like about that Mexico scene. Just continue on. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> all right. Um, Oh God! What, what happened right after that? Oh, uh, it does the um the the flashback to the uh, to the uh, Mila Jovovich's character, right? And then uh, no, where it does the uh, God damn it! Did it start or did it, it start, start off with the Mila Jovovich? That's right, it did. See, and the, her being decapitated by King Arthur. Yeah, and I bet you like that because you love anything that's King Arthur related, except okay. except Guy Ritchie movies, and uh, so. Uh, he, that leads into my other problem with this movie. I didn't care for Mila Jovovich's character at all. Not at all. I, she felt like a a worthless villain. Like, the movie could have just focused on Hellboy doing other, all the shit he was doing, and she wasn't even in the movie at all. It, it, it just didn't feel important. Like, Baba Yaga felt like a way more important villain in this movie than, than uh, Jovovich's character. Right, but Baba Yaga, was, I, I agree with you. Um, but she's not. She's she's a yeah, the Blood Queen. What what is it about this movie that that you didn't like? Other than uh, okay, other than the Blood Queen and the charisma, um, I also didn't care for most of the characters. Like the psychic chick, I liked her a little bit. She 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 showed promise. You know that she could become. She could have more more. Um, what didn't you like about her? She's not a good t- as good a tag along as um as what we've seen with uh you know Abe why Abe and Hellboy you know in, in the previous film um I oh god how do I just she just doesn't her character didn't sing out to me you know 
she didn't suck. She didn't suck. I was glad for that, but it wasn't. It you know it's hard to watch this without comparing it to the previous films. And so you know if you're gonna have people tagging along, it's like okay, she felt like might as well have been Myers, in a way. You know from the first Hellboy movie, right? Where you know the the film focuses around the Myers character, and then so I knew I was waiting for you to do that. Um, oh God, it's it's hard to put a full on finger <laughs> on her character, but you know. She was okay. She didn't like. I, I. That's all I can say. She was just okay. She didn't suck. But I. I want. I wanted more from it. I. I wanted more. Um, more exuberant characters than than say her. And then also the same thing with Daniel Day Kim's character. He just seemed like he was there to be this fucking disapproving asshole for the most part, you know. And then of course he's a hypocrite because he's a fucking monster himself, right? Uh. And so, for the most part, his character didn't seem that important as well. It that that's what bugs me about the movie. Another thing that bugged me was Ian McShane's um, character of uh, you know father. Uh, not 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 the performance, but what they ended up ultimately doing with him. When John Hurt's version died in the first Hellboy movie, there was a resonance to it. It felt fucking important. It, it, it worked well with the movie. But this time, when he died, it felt like a fucking cheap plot device and it just it it felt completely unnecessary it didn't work at all and i'm like that's it that's all we're gonna get from this fucking character that's it so that bugged me uh and those those, i mean when you add those those was it those three problems up or those four problems up that i've already mentioned that hurts this film big time even though i have a lot of positives to say about it as well what i'm sorry say that again what hurts this film okay the uh the treatment of uh, ian mcshane's character as father um, dying at the end, the way he was just killed, it just felt like a it felt like a, a plot a cheap plot device, you know. Yeah, yeah, all right. And like I said, when John Hurt's version got killed in the first Hell, the original Hellboy movie, if you felt it, it, it was important to the to the progression of Ron Perlman's Hellboy. You know, it was important to the movie. It felt like you know, okay, you can accept it because it you you know it was important. Um, this time around, though, it didn't feel important at all. It, it just no. So that that bugged me. So you combine that with the lack of chariz- charismatic characters, um, it didn't have. It, there is some style. There is definitely some cool style to this movie with the monsters and the backgrounds and, and and locations and stuff. But it still didn't have that hit that that fucking Del Toro um, hit like it should, and that that bugged me as well. And uh, and then you know then you have the other character side characters who aren't as good and. That's it. I but like. I, I disagree with the side character thing, but okay. Okay. Um, and look, I, and I like David Harbour. Um, I thought they could have maybe, they could have given them maybe a little bit more to say, but overall, I didn't, I didn't, he didn't bother me. You know, he seemed like, uh, you know, with, with good writing that he could be, a, you know, a good su- successor. Is it su- successor? Success. I don't know. He could be a good successor to uh, Ron Perlman. You know, in the role, so I didn't have a problem with him at all. And uh, I, you know, and I, as as because I know you're going to bring this up about the makeup, but I didn't have a problem personally with his makeup because I thought that the way he looked, his face, he looked more evil, like more like a monster. Which that's how everyone sees him, right? Everyone sees him as a monster and not the human inside, right? So that his makeup didn't bother me. You know, it seemed like Ron Perlman's version of the makeup. um, It looked more comic book friendly or you know like you know public friendly than 
<laughs> than Harbor's version of makeup. So that's the, that, those are my, my, my positives. Oh, well, and the, oh, this movie also has some really cool action sequences, just like the other Hellboy movies had. You know, Hellboy, the other Hellboy movies had a lot of cool action sequences. And this one also is, is the same. You know, there was some stuff that grabbed your attention where he's fighting the giants and, and um, you know, the, the, the final battle at the end. And, and, you know, all of it has something to give. All the action, the whole Mexican, you know, fighting in the ring sequence. and Ron stuff. Perlman's version of Hellboy looks more like Hellboy than David Harbour's version of Hellboy. When you look at them, those two versions next to each other, I, you're right. I can see that. My problem with David Harbour's version of Hellboy is the facial makeup. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his facial makeup, mm-hmm. like in the opening scene, it looked like the left eye brow yeah. was drooping. And then there was a scene where he was cutting his horns. Yeah. And, you know, in, in, in wherever he was at, he was in BPRD. Yeah. And you could physically see the horn moving. You could yeah. see the makeup moving. Yeah. I did notice that as well. I forgot about that until you mentioned it, but yeah. And, and and if you look at the way that everything is done, like when when Ron Perlman's character is like he even was shaving his horns at one point. Yeah. The the way that it's done, see it just the the makeup is so much better. And this is not anything against I mean, because that makeup looks really good right there. The problem with the David Harbour makeup is like he's got scars on him and everything and he's supposed to heal. Those scars go away. Okay, so you didn't like the fact that he looked like war battle, you know, yeah. battle like battle fatigued on his face and stuff. Yeah, like that. and 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 that's that's where it comes from. I mean, it, if he heals, why the fuck would he have scars? Okay, I got, yeah, got it. Exactly. It's just the way that must have been a bad fucking wound then. <laughs> even even then, I mean, it, it, he heals. Yeah, the the scars go away. What if? What if? I mean, I, I know there could be an excuse, a reason why those gardening, like you could throw in something. Well, he was hit with a certain kind of weapon. No, that, it heals. The scars go away. He's hellborn. He doesn't scar. It's explained. But that's not. That's 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 neither here nor there. I mean, you can see like right here where there's all these little marks and stuff like that. And I, I guess I could be okay with that. But my problem stems from the fact that it's just. It doesn't look natural. No. That's my problem. It See, like if you look at David Harbour's, here we go. If you look, see his face right there, yeah. I mean, it looks more skull-like than anything else, the way that it's set up. Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks kind of, you know. Look, it, it def- his body definitely looked better than Perlman's because he's got hair and shit. It looked more realistic. Yeah, and I, that w- that's all fine. I'm, I was fine with that. My issue stems from the face. In the horns, yeah, and it, and again, I mean, it's it's just a, it's a minor thing, yeah. <laughs> but again, that could be a very important thing. But when it comes right down to it, it's it's very important. It's it's almost like it feels like it was almost just like an afterthought. Like, I wonder, I wonder if they did that on purpose so that he didn't look too much like Ron Perlman's version. It's it's possible, you know. Look, his horns are off a little bit. Yeah, his horns are off a little bit. I'm fine with that. That's not see, but like right here. Well, it's just like with women. There's plenty of women that where their tits aren't exactly the same size. Yeah, but like you see a skull right here where it's bumping out at the top of the horn right there at the temple. Yeah, and then and then and then it comes in, you know, because you have the hair, but it looks like it comes in, and then you got the skull thing going right there. And where if you look at Ron Perlman's version, 
it's it's almost symmetrical. Yeah. This is what bothers me. Uh-huh. This the 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 makeup Ooh. is just that looks more like Tim Curry's devil, the the, the David Harbor one looks more like kind of it reminds me a little bit of a Tim Curry devil. You mean uh, Legend from, from Legend? Yeah, I mean he's not the devil, but you know, but he looks like the devil. But kind yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're almost right. Yeah, there's similarities. There's definitely similarities to it. That's a brill- that is fucking amazing. The That's... fact that that was done in the early '80s that is goddamn amazing. Yeah, it is pretty brilliant. But uh, it's fucking beautiful, man. Right. But when it comes, but with with Hellboy, less is more. Mm-hmm. This is what you want for less is more. And I and I think because that's know, how the comic book was, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, it it's it's if you. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I've been to the gym a little bit, maybe. Or. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> Goddamn, dude, that, he, that, he the, did get jacked. Though. That's bigger than fucking Chris Hemsworth. Her, uh, Chris Hemsworth in the first Thor, dude. Yeah, <laughs> and that was pretty fucking big. Yeah. So unless he was taking fucking supplements, unless he was Barry Bonding it. Now that shit's real. With the uh, jo- Josh I Brolin, I don't give a shit. Did you ever see his workout routines? I, fucking I, amazing. I don't care about. We're not. I don't, not interested right now. I don't want to get into that. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean. I, I so from the neck down, I like I like David Harbour's version of Hellboy yeah. better than I like uh, Ron Perlman's. Yeah, because Ron Perlman's all, yeah Ron Perlman's chest, and especially in Hellboy Part Two, um, it looked like he was wearing like a catcher's fucking um, yeah. Chest, you know, I mean, it just plate. it yeah. does look fake. It's just like yeah, I, I can I can you can get away with it because you know movie. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just—I mean—it's glossy and well, and also the movie was so fucking good that it made up for you know all those little problems. You're like, oh, I don't give a shit, right? And but if you look at if you look at Hellboy the comic in and of itself, yeah, you know, I mean, he's supposed to be younger. Mm-hmm. I'm and I'm fine with that. Well, he's supposed to look like forever younger, right? Because he ages extremely slowly. Well, no, I mean, he's supposed to be younger. That's why he has the long hair. But see, he's real. See how skinny he is. Yeah, you know. But that's the way Mike. That's the way Magnolia draws him. You know, he could be skinny or he could be big or whatever. Yeah. Um, the other thing I liked about it was the that'd be, hand. That'd be cool if he like Hulk out the anger he gets, like he just expand. Really? If you look at if you look at the hand and the way they have it done in, let's see if we can get a good picture of it. That's the permanent one. If you look at the way that they ha- they did the hand in in the, in the movie, yeah, um, it's it's really fucking cool. Uh, they made it more more like the comic than they did anything else, yeah. where it was flat, whereas opposed to the, the the Ron Perlman version. See if you look at there. There's a good picture. Of it's it right more there. like Legos. <laughs> it looks like a Lego version of it. So if you look at the right hand of Doom, yeah, it looks like a Lego hand of Doom. That's a cool toy. I think it, I think it looks better, I and I you know I I think that this version looks better yeah than the Perlman version which I didn't I, again we're not I'm not comparing or contrasting because we both have our favorites and I and I agree I I like the Del Toro version better because there are problems with with this movie in and of itself yeah um, I didn't have a problem with David Harbour playing Hellboy I didn't have a problem with Alice Monahan. I didn't have a problem with Ben Dymo. Um, I didn't have a problem with any of the characters. 
because they called for using Alice Monahan in this in this instance. Yeah. And if you read or are a fan of the Hellboy series, he's not always with Liz or Abe. Yeah. He goes on and does other things. And Alice is an earlier um, interest. You know, he saved her life, and yeah. then and then it, it goes on from there. Most of this story is taken from. Is it the Storm and the Fury? Hmm. Hold on, I will. I like the the fucking the uh, with the fairies when they stole the baby and the, the little pig, <laughs> the little fucking pig is uh, looked like the baby. That whole scene was cool. See that that whole scene right there, that whole sequence where Hellboy saves that family's baby, um, saves Alice. Um, that that reminded me of like what you know, like if Del Toro had done that, it was very similar. Yeah, most of. Most of the movie is taken from The Wild Hunt, um, and uh, I will uh, I will explain why and how. Uh, the Wild Hunt is the ninth collected edition in Magnolia's Hellboy comic book series, and what it does is uh, it tells an Irish and Arthurian legend reprising several characters from the first. Introduced in Hellboy short story The Corpse, um, as with the Hellboy stories generally, it was published by Dark Horse. Now, the um the the beginning of of the wild hunt hellboy is in italy he's in the home of some deceased friends he visits the funeral of the dagda king of the irish family uh, irish fairies uh, attended by several tuatha de dan would you call are, me those are uh, uh, uh um leprechauns basically and also by alice monahan the baby he saved from the fairy changeling the grugach um that's from the Hellboy story, The Corpse. Hellboy receives an invitation uh, from British noblemen gathered to hunt giants who call themselves the, the Wild Hunt after the legend of Hearn the Hunter. Um, Hearn the Hunter is in, in English folklore is a ghost associated with Windsor Forest and Great Park in the English county of Berkshire. He's said to naturally have antlers upon his head, ride a horse, torment cattle, and rattle chains. Um, he, the first or the earliest mention of Hearn uh, comes from William Shakespeare. Uh, meanwhile, at the site of Dagda's murder, a restless fairy army awaits the resurrection of the Queen of Blood, who the vengeful Grugok argues will soon rise to lead them in a war against Hellboy and humankind. Having joined the Wild Hunt, Hellboy and the companions ride to a bridge where they will ambush a party of giants, but his fellow huntsmen betray and attack him, declaring that the devil shall never sit on the throne of England. Okay, so that's all taken from, like 99% of the movie is taken from this book. Yeah. And that's why this is why I like it because it holds true almost it holds almost true to the entire story um, of the Wild Hunt. And in fact, uh, Magnolia was saying that even the um, when they went back and revisited the origin, it was actually closer to the comic book than um, um, Del Toro's version was. So it was okay with that. Um, I, I think that in in terms of this movie. It could have been better, but the problem is the, the the problem with this movie stems from two things. People that are seeing it are expecting the the, the Guillermo del Toro stuff with yeah. Liz and Abe. And what they're not understanding is the fact that this movie is done by a guy who's a huge fan of Mignola uh-huh. and secondly is taken from the source material. Yeah. He's not he's added some things, he's taken some things away, but the, the source material is the the wild hunt and the queen of blood yeah and the queen of blood is trying to return and yes hellboy is the king of england that's how it turns out in this book 
You know, yeah. he 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 is he's, he's part a, of the bloodline. He's yeah, exactly. He's he's a direct descendant, and that's that's how that's how it all. If there was evolves. ever a case to be made for tainted blood, I yeah. think it'd be that that right there. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the thing is. Um, with few exceptions, like they didn't put in, you know, when he was unconscious. When Hellboy was unconscious, he finds himself in the tomb of King Arthur before awaking to find the hunting party slaughtered yeah. by giants uh, they had been hoping to ambush. Uh, the little bird from Hellboy's dream makes Hellboy invisible, but Hellboy seeks out the giants and shedding his invisibility attacks them. That wasn't in the bo- that wasn't in the movie. Um, while that's going on, the archdevil Astaroth appears to the Grugach, hears his story, gives him a chalice filled with the blood of an entire English village that Astaroth had just killed. The Grugach pours it onto a crate that that contains the remains of the blood queen, and she rises from it instead of of the Grugach going and finding all these iron boxes and stuff like that. I like the idea of the Grugach actually having to go out and find these iron boxes individually. Um, I like that character, the Grugach. Because he was such a piece of shit, and he he embodies this whole idea of of uh, miserable cunt. Yeah, you know he's he's a badass, but when when he's confronted with people that are stronger with him, you know. Yeah. He, so so basically, he's a bully. He's a big bully. Yeah. Right. And having concluded his fight with the giants, which he remembers ruefully, Hellboy visits Alice's cottage. So in in Ireland, it turns out that in the in the movie, it's it's her. It's an apartment. She rescues him. Not a flat. A lifelong friend of the fairies. She's been expecting him since Dagda's funeral and takes him to a hillside to meet Fairy Queen Mob. That's not in the movie. Uh, The Queen of Blood accepts a delegation from the witches, punishing several who were responsible for betraying and killing her. That does happen in the movie. She begins to assemble her full army. In Ireland, Alice and Hellboy wait for Queen Mab, discussing their responsibility for the brewing war. Uh... That doesn't happen in the movie. Hellboy flashes back to his brutal combat with the giants and then confronts his new guide, who he assumes is working for Queen Mab and who repeatedly insists Hellboy is an Englishman despite Hellboy's protests. The contrary, uh, as Hellboy and Alice uh, follow through a suddenly unearthly landscape, the two discuss Hellboy's recent death and resurrection from another story called The Island Under until their guide announces that in revenge for all the fairy creatures Hellboy was killed in his career, he has led them into an ambush. Hellboy and Alice are besieged by a horde of pygmy fairy savages wielding poison-tipped weapons. Uh, Alice is struck and killed uh, when three bird women arrive, killing or scaring off Hellboy's attackers. They tell Hellboy that their mistress has medicine for, or she's fatally poisoned. But she's fatally poisoned in this movie by the Blood Queen yeah. in the same exact way. Uh, she has to be transported um to a, she has to be she has to be taken to a special place. Yeah, and that's and then it also turns out that in in the book in the movie, uh, they go and see um, um, Bob Merlin. Yaga. Merlin. Oh, um, oh yeah, fuck! I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, awaiting her own army, the Blood Queen confronts Grugach and promises to grant his prayers to be restored to the strength of his youth to have his revenge on Hellboy. Same thing in the movie. Uh, meanwhile, Hellboy outside the Flame Ring Castle is told that he's been brought to it in order to defeat Elagos, a Duke of Hell, commanding a troop of demons. The demon battlers uh, Hellboy. Uns- bat- I'm sorry. The demons beat the shit out of Hellboy until, in return for a promise of favor, should he claim his throne, 
uh, ignoring his pleas for mercy before racing Alice into the castle to be immediately and successfully cured with the antidote. The mistress of the castle appears and is revealed to be Morgan Le Fay. So the whole Arthurian legend is kind of coming to fruition in the in the book. While um, we see something similar to this, but it's kind of a future vision yeah. of him, you know, killing people uh-huh. on a dragon, which is kind of cool. Um, the Queen of Blood receives a deputation from the dwarf king of Jutland. She rejects the ge- king's gift of a crown and orders the king's terrible craftsman ambassador to return home and murder the king, feed his heart to the forge, make her a helmet suitable for the new incarnation of. Babda, Maka, and Morriogan, the triple goddess of war. Um, Alice recovers from her poisoning. Morgan Le Fay tells Hellboy (coughs) that his mother, who turns out to have been named Sarah Hughes, which, again, is in the book and in the movie, uh, his demon father's having been Azale, um, is the last line of female descendants, all which is a Mordred. Um, which means that Hellboy is Mordred's first male descendant and rightful king. Um, what happens is while conveying Alice to a sickbed, she identifies Hellboy with the Red Dragon of Britain that Merlin identified under Vortigern's tower. Uh, she takes Hellboy to a garden pool where the sword Excalibur floats embedded in a stone. And this is different because in the movie, instead of taking him to uh, taking him to a garden pool, they took Alice to Merlin's Merlin's hiding spot find Merlin the the whole garden pool scene actually happens but it, Merlin brings up the, the 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 floating Excalibur and reveals that the queen of blood is the witch Nimue uh, who following her seduction and defeat of Merlin used Merlin's stolen powers to commune with Hellboy's nemesis this doesn't happen in the movie but it's you it could it, it could it could pave the path yeah. to leading into uh Hellboy's nemesis, Ogdru Jihad, before being killed by her fearful fellow witches. Um, the Ogdru Jihad is the um, is the main or the villains from uh, the, the 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 you know the god villains from the first the original Hellboy movie. For anyone that knows, the ones that uh, Rasputin tries to uh, resurrect. Yeah, they're the central antagonists, yeah. and they are not themselves active; um, they are imprisoned. The um, Morgan insists that to defeat Nimue. By the way, Nimue is the Lady of the Lake. Okay, that's where she comes from. That's the name of the Lady of the Lake. We were, we actually looked it up. Um, is an enchantress in the matter of Britain, the body of medieval literature and legend associated with King Arthur. She's the tart that threw a, the that threw the 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 stabby implement at Arthur <laughs> to, to pull to pull from Monty Python. Some watery tart threw lobs a. Lobs a scimitar at you. Yeah. Doesn't make you the king of England. <laughs> I still got to watch the movies. I've seen the whole series, but now I haven't gotten to the movies yet. Yeah. So Nimue is the lady of the lake. Uh, she gave Arthur his sword. She enchanted Merlin, and she raised Lancelot from the dead after he had died. Um, that's And that's really fucking cool that they're doing all this. Um Hellboy relives the conclusion of his fight with the giants in which his own bloodlust had apparently caused him in panels accompanied by quotes from the Book of Revelations to briefly settle into his destined role as Beast of the Apocalypse. And that's what that whole fight is about, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, he awakens from his memories and Morgan leaves him dejected and shaken. And they did a cut scene when he touches, in the movie, he touches Excalibur yeah. and he goes into this this whole thing where he relives this 
his where 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 his bloodlust gets the best of where him. Where he becomes a Nungun Rama. To you know, and he briefly settles into his destined role as the Beast of the Apocalypse. Right? Yeah. So uh, walking through the castle, broods on the situation. Um, as Hellboy battles a reflection of himself, these are not. I'm trying to just cut through what's in and what's not in the book. Um, it doesn't say whether Alice actually dies or not. See, right here, uh, Hellboy explains that he does not trust Le Fay and that in light of the bloodlust he showed wielding a sword against the giants, he fears that he would do if he took Excalibur. Um, she argues rather than trusting what he's been told of his world-destroying destiny, he should trust Alice's faith in him and her desire for him to take the sword. He goes back to the sword and watched by Vasilia and Astaroth and from afar by Queen Mab and Dagda's old servant, Sir Edward Grey and the witch doctor Malami, the Baba Yaga and her servant Kaku, the three witches watching scrying in the cauldron. He pulls a sword easily from the stone. Uh, he suddenly finds himself beside a living Alice out on a hillside where they met Mab, dressed as if nothing had transpired, say that Hellboy is still holding the sword. So he went on this whole entire thing. That doesn't happen in the movie. In the movie, he grabs a sword, has a flashback, decides he doesn't want the sword. Merlin says, you're, you're you wasted, fucking... You wasted all my powers. Yeah. You're fucking with destiny and you yeah. wasted my time. And then then he goes back to England. Then he ends up grabbing the fucking sword anyway. Yeah, um, <laughs> the Grugach begs Nimue to empower him as promised, but then he, ven- he ventures that she lacks the power to do so. She becomes enraged and banishes him from her service to wander off in tears. Um, in the movie, he still becomes her right-hand man, which is fine. Hellboy and Alice wander down the hill. Um, as Lady Hatton of the Osiris Club observes them in her scrying glass, see, she had died in the movie, Lady Hatton. Um, when the club's newer members begin to panic over Hellboy's accession to kinship, kingship, they are killed by the club's original seven members who explain that they have never that they have been waiting for Hellboy's kingship since 1866 when the spirit Larzid also inspiration of longtime Hellboy adversaries, the Heliopic Brotherhood of Ra. I met Ra once. He's a close talker. Okay. That was in the movie. Uh, had appeared to them and granted them immortality with which to await Hellboy's death in the final battle. Cutting off and seizing his world controlling stone, right hand, uh, the craftsman ambassador from Jutland, having murdered his king for the heart he has extracted to burn his fuel, tearfully holds up the helmet. He is reforged for Nimue in the form of a trio of ravens, which, again... Uh, that's, that's, that's that story. And then we get the finale of this movie. Um, I thought the Baba Yaga scenes were fucking cool. Yeah, very cool. And uh, you know what? I had one problem with Baba Yaga. Just one problem. And it was the makeup. Most of the makeup, fucking amazing. Looked great. And the movement itself, really fucking cool. That creepy, you know, backwards crawling and all that shit. But what bugs me is when they're going to put that much fucking effort into making something like that look as decrepit and nasty as possible. Why didn't they do anything with their fucking tongue? And she had this bright, perfectly colored pink tongue that looked like a, you know, so it kept throwing me off. It kept taking me out of the scene because every time I saw it's t- her tongue as being a normal person's tongue, it, it, what did you expect it to be? Um, I don't know. Use a little fucking, uh, like put some dye in her mouth. So her, the tongue is a different color why, or something. Why would her tongue be a different color? Because if the rest of her is all decrepit and fucked up, why wouldn't her t- the inside of her mouth be as well? That, why would it be? I just said why. Just because the outside is all fucked up doesn't mean the inside isn't. It, 
It, it, it made me. No. It made me. No, no, no. It made me see a person in a costume instead no. of a fucking character. No, see, I I disagree with that as well. I mean, it doesn't make any sense just because. How do you know? Look, when it comes to Baba Yaga, she's eating children for for fuck's sake. Uh-huh. Maybe that's what's keeping her from completely decaying. Well, sure, that can keep. That can keep. You know, so I, I uses an excuse. But for it why. doesn't. But it doesn't make any sense. Have you ever met anybody that's fucking old? That that has that their that the the mouth is all decrepit. You can tell that they're old. There's there's differences. There's there's definitely differences. Not always. The teeth are uh, you know different. That no. It, Billy like, D. Williams is eighty two years old. Di- there's discoloration. Billy D. Williams is eighty two years old. Uh huh. Do do you notice anything wrong with him? Yeah, he's overweight. <laughs> okay, so he's overweight. Do you see? Do you see where I'm getting at with this? Yeah, but Billy D. Williams isn't a um, a decrepit witch monster. Even uh, I have to ask you this question: Well, how old was your grandmother? She was 81 when she died. Okay, and she wasn't in the best of shape, no. right? So she was a little saggy and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Just li- like a normal grandma, and she had dentures. Yeah. Yeah, but was her was she quote unquote decrepit? No, she wasn't decrepit. She, uh, you know, but she had definitely, uh, you know, like. You could st- less color, you know, duller. Like, like you know, when you see, you know, she when her, her tongue was sticking out when she was eating something or something. You can you can see the dis the, the age, the discoloration and stuff like that. So what I'm saying is, I see a character like this who's all that fucked up, and then yet the tongue is vibrant and colorful. She also had her eye plucked out, and her hands cut off, and her legs cut off. Mm-hmm. Hey, look. It didn't bother you. Great for you. It, it didn't. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that it would bother you when she's doing all these fucking splits and and fighting Hellboy, and then all of a sudden, like, like you get pulled out of the movie. And I, I get it. I, I totally get it. People get pulled out of movies all the time. But you got pulled out of a movie because her tongue is pink. Okay. It's like when you're watching movies set in medieval times and the characters all have bleached white teeth. It fucking, you know, that, that it takes away the realism of it. It doesn't bother me. Um or when you're seeing someone who's in a costume playing a character and their eyes look fucking like normal person's eyes even though they're playing a monster or something it thro- it takes me out of the out of the fantasy of but it but again let's let, let's even let, let's 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 uh, talk about that so you see a person that's playing a monster who ha- and they're in makeup and you notice that they're human beneath it who's to say that the monster isn't part human i dude we're, I can't get into specifics right now. I'm not asking about specifics. Who's to say that whatever character it is that's supposed to be a monster, and you and you notice that it's you know and and, and it's it's too human to be a real monster. Who's to say that the the monster isn't supposed to be part human? You know what I'm saying? I, I understand. I mean, I get pulled out of movies for one reason or another, and usually they have to be major gaffes or like bad CG, really bad CG. Like this movie had a couple parts that the CG was off. Yeah, I mean, like when the the blood in the tree uh, at the beginning of the movie, the blood coming out of the tree near the end of the movie. I didn't, you know, that, that didn't bother me. It didn't bother you. It didn't bother me. You know what bothered the, the, me? The, the fake looking shitty blood and the fake looking fucking CG bullshit that they did when they cut her in, into six pieces when they chopped her head off. When when they were holding her head, when when the tree pulled the blood in, when she was pulling the blood out of the tree, 
all that stuff that that none of that bothered you. Not none really. of it. None of it looked like fucking nineteen eighties goddamn garbage CG. No, when she got shot in the head and her fucking eyeball was dangling out, that looked fucking horrible. That was the cheapest CG I've ever. That seen. That didn't even see. It didn't look that bad. That looked like a fucking cartoon. No, see the see. No, I, I again. That's weird that you didn't you didn't have a problem with the fake fucking blood. Like I, I'm okay with CG blood and shit like that. You 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 had a problem with her getting shot in the head in the fake CG there. When her eyeball was hanging out, it was it was straight up like there was no there was no way I could believe that that was really her eye hanging there. It just looked. But so you didn't have cartoony. a problem with any of the cartoony blood that fucking happened, you know, prior to that in the opening scene at I did, all. I didn't notice it. I serious. I how did you not notice it? It was a major p- plot point because she's magical. So I I don't expect her blood to look exactly like everyone else's anyway. It's a fucking major plot point. Hey, there's times where I don't notice fucking bad acting. Okay, sometimes I don't notice bad CG. It was literally the entire opening sequence. <laughs> it, I'm sorry, man. I, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't notice it like you noticed it. Okay. Look, call me petty or not, if you it's want. Not, it's not petty. I just no, no. This is about Bobby Yaga. Call me petty if you want, but seeing a vibrant pink fucking tongue in uh, on a decrepit fucking face, it just completely took me out of the goddamn but, moment uh, for a minute. But the the problem is, is that Baba Yaga is ever living. So at some point, I mean, it has to be. I. That's <laughs> your opinion. It's, it's fine. It would have been nice if they could just put it like a, I don't know, maybe just a little bit of black dye or something in her mouth. Because so that would have made it look worse. Something. But th- th- it would have it would have just made it look stupid if they had done that. Look, the, these people are, are paid millions of dollars to fucking come up with shit. They could have sold me a little bit better. Okay? I normally don't like ask. Like you're complaining about tongues and in, in the in, in 99% of the CG that's in the fucking movie is shit. <laughs> like even what, when he was fighting the Giants? No, the Giants was fine. Yeah. Hold on. Dude, I know you tried to show me the blood stuff, but just... I, it, like, I just can't believe that you didn't fucking notice that scene when it was it was the entire goddamn plot point of the movie. Yeah. And you didn't pay attention to it. I saw it. No, but you didn't pay attention to it. I, what, what am I supposed to pay attention to? It's the entire plot of the movie. Yeah, that her blood went into the tree. Okay. You know, like when I'm trying to make you see something the way I see it and you can't, it's the same way right now. It's just, it's a vice versa, man. No, but um, no, like you don't even <laughs> no. see it at all. No, I could tell it was CG. I just, it didn't fucking bother me like it bothered you. Like it, it was, it was to I'm me. I'm not talking about the blood going into the tree. <clears throat> I'm talking about the blood being extracted from her a little bit when she cut herself and it came out of her body. Oh yeah. That didn't bother me either. That was the shittiest CG ever. I did. It was just fucking horrendous. But you have a problem with pink tongues. Yes. <sighs> <laughs> Fuck you. Hey man, they it, no, no, go all no, out or no, fucking don't go. No, all in. Oh, no, yeah. no. Sorry, <laughs> no. You you can't have it both ways. You can't you can't be fucking ignorant about all the other shit that's going on. Hey, and they, they should have complained si- about they, a fucking pink tongue. They should have shitty CG'd her fucking tongue. <clears throat> They could have that shitty, makes no goddamn they sense. They could have the inside of uh, Bobby Yaga's mouth. That was cool looking when that thing was walking through the through uh, the, the bridge. Oh, Bobby Yaga's. Yeah. Oh, that thing? Yeah. yeah the, was, the big demon? Yeah, I like that. It was <laughs> fucking cool. That that style reminded me of Silent Hill. 
Yeah, there was some fucking cool demons. Yeah, just walking around, just grab that guy's eating. fucking face and ripped his whole face, you know, off. Oh yeah, well, it just tore the skin off. Yeah, that was that cool. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, overall, I mean, I can recommend this movie. Oh yeah, and I'm, I, I'm probably going to end up buying it when it comes out on DVD, uh, just because I'm a Hellboy fan and I want to see the extended scenes and stuff like that. Uh-huh. There are, I mean, look, this, this ship, like King Arthur. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the Guy Ritchie one. The Guy Ritchie version of King Arthur. Yeah, with Jax Teller playing, uh, playing uh, the, what was it, the young King Arthur? <sighs> yeah. Hold on a second. I need to look something up. Which is funny because Del Toro likes using this guy, Charlie Hunnam, in his movies now. Okay. So that movie cost $175 million to make. God. It made 148 Yeah. And Hellboy Not cost- even the Brits wanted to see it. Hellboy cost fifty million dollars to make. Yeah, they should have. They should have spent fifty-five. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and, and like I said, I, I can agree. I, I think that what they did with Bruton Holmes' character doesn't make any sense. Um, some of the Alice stuff doesn't make any sense. Um, it, it was just there for like the gore factor. Uh-huh. Like with, but I I like the idea of how she communicates with. Dead. Yeah, that like was like the that, fucking rise out of her. Yeah, that was very creepy and hell hellboyish. Um, yeah, there, there was a lot of things that were that, that worked really well. It just, you know, and look, I don't, I didn't, I didn't expect, you know, um, uh, oh god, uh, Selma, um, Blair, Selma Blair's character to be in there, you know, Liz and 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 Abe. They didn't have to be in the movie, but if you're gonna, if you're not gonna have those guys, have someone in there that that holds that that you know. Grabs my attention more. Even remember um, Jeffrey Tambor's character in the first in the first two Hellboy movies, right? How he's always the disapproving asshole. Why does there somebody have to be? Why can't Hellboy hold your attention? No, you're not. This is what I'm trying to get at. All the people around I know, him. I'm, I'm asking you yeah. to kind of explain it with all the people around him in those those first two movies. Everybody had worked. They had a good place in those movies. Even Myers, because they didn't overdo Myers. Okay, okay. That everybody had something to to give, and so, they felt important to the movie. What, okay, what's your point? This time around, all these other people around him didn't feel that important to me. Even Ian McShane's character didn't feel that important to me. That's what I'm trying to get at. They didn't. There was just something that was off about them that didn't. Just, it, it. This movie felt like it was taking a step back. Okay, instead of progressing or just at least equaling or progressing. Yeah. How is it taking a step back? All the negatives I already mentioned. You know, the those those other movies are very memorable. I remember those movies very well, and like this is cl- as close to the fucking comic as you'll ever get. And then that's fine. And, and, if you, and if the you Del can, Toro stuff isn't. And well, and I didn't read the comics, so that's it's going to be a. Di- it's like Constantine, right? With the the movie Constantine, I fucking love that movie. You hated it, and one of the reasons is because it goes completely away from the the way the comic. Book yeah, it's was. garbage. Okay, and I've and trust me, I've tried to watch that movie multiple uh-huh. times. Yeah, and again, all I can do is like I I I watch the TV series. I'm like I'm totally into it. And I because, like the series. Yeah, because they're attempting to recreate the comic, you yeah. know, and do it. Not everything's going to be straight out fucking, you know, uh-huh. ban the comic. But when you watch the movie Constantine, yeah, you and you read the comic, and then you watch the TV series, you're like. This fucking movie sucks. Yeah, I, I've there's a part of me that has stayed away mostly from, uh, uh and it's uh, not Keanu Reeves' fault. 
No, it's I, just a garbage movie. I I love that fucking movie. I love the characters. I love the sense of humor it's got. Then I they should have called it something else. I love the visuals, and that's fine. And then that and look, it's easier for me because I didn't I didn't know really anything about John Constantine, and the, you know the comic, so it didn't t- it wasn't tainted for me. So let me ask you this: When you find something that you like, do you actually? delve into it and find out all you can about it or do you just like it for whatever reason i do now but i like when constantine came out i, I didn't so you you didn't do any re- you didn't go back and try to read the books or anything else like that no i didn't want to say you didn't do any research yeah. because that's not because what i do is that if i find something that i like yeah you go all up I, in that I, shit I fucking yeah i jump up its you ass fucking cornhole it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> you and, put on the rubber gloves <laughs> yeah and like in this movie so yeah. in in the sequence where um, Hellboy is uh, resurrected, yeah. so they go back to the origin, and you see Lobster Johnson come out, uh-huh. that sequence in the comic book, Lobster Johnson's character is um, Liberty Bell or something. One of the kids is a character that was created by John Byrne, yeah. Liberty something or other. And, they, and um, Neil Marshall was going to put him in there. And, and Neil's writing the script. And he sends it off to Mignola. Says, uh, "I want to use the Liberty guy. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do the sequence, but you know, uh, whatever." And 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 he had asked permission to use this character. He's like, "I don't." He's like, "This is John Burns' character. I don't know if that's gonna work out, but I'm gonna we're, we want to use it." And and Mignola's like, "I don't own the rights to that character. That's his character. Um, he let me use him." And and this is how Lobster Johnson got in the movie. Because <laughs> when Mignola wrote it, he didn't have the character Lobster Johnson created at that point in time. Yeah. So he's like, that would be perfect. Put him in the movie instead of in, in place of the Liberty character, and then we'll go from there. Because uh, it's a lot easier for me to you know add things as we go along. It's kind of a retcon, but it needs to be done anyways because I can't use Burns' character. And if we did put in Burns' character without his permission, he would yeah. fucking shit a brick. So let's just let's just keep it as simple as possible. Use one, use this character, Lobster Johnson, because it actually fits in with the timeline that he's in, anyways. And blah blah blah. So that's what that's what I liked about this movie is that they were actually going to use a lot of stuff that um, they couldn't use, yeah, because of rights and whatnot. But for the most part, um, <laughs> like when they use Ben Dymo and they use Alice. Uh, those characters, and I agree, I totally agree. Those characters could have been a little bit better. Uh, but this is not not their movie. It's exactly yeah. it. This is not a Liz Abe Hellboy movie. Yeah, this is a Hellboy movie where he goes and visits these people. And he's like alone. He's he's like even when he's with people, he's still alone. Exactly, and yeah. that's that's what they're trying to. Yeah, I can see that. That's what they're trying to pull off. Is the that. Del Toro's ones felt more <laughs> like it was all collaborative, you know? Right, and that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, because he's he's in this movie. He's he's learning to be. Yeah, in 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 the Del Toro stuff. Yeah, he's still learning to be, but. He's closer to the end than the beginning. Yeah, meaning that his he's his relationships with people are better, and that he he's accepting of who he is for the most part. Yeah, he's still got some growing to do, but this movie is him. It's it, it's essentially him as a thirteen year old kid. Yeah, throwing temper tantrums, 
being a wisecracking, wise ass, uh, being a complete dick. And then he's lear- also learning that he's the fucking Antichrist. <laughs> well, no, he's not the Antichrist. He's the, he's he's absolutely not the Antichrist. Well, he's, he's, I mean, he's destined to be the destroyer he's, of the world. He's the destroyer of worlds. That's not the Antichrist. Completely different. Don't not, This isn't potato, potato. He, the, the, the destroyer of worlds and the Antichrist are two completely separate fucking individuals. The Antichrist is is the son of the devil who fights Jesus. So when when fucking Antichrist, it's, he's he's the anti Jesus. That's why I, I'm I said that because he you know. But he's, he's not the Antichrist. He's the destroyer of worlds. Like Michael is is uh, the the leader of the pack for 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 uh, the angels. So I am Legion. I am destroyer of worlds. So he's basically Legion. So when, but he, he is not, he's not the devil's son. He's Azale's son who is a, he, you know, he's not Lucifer's son. He's Azale's son. So that's why he's not the Antichrist. So this has brought up an interesting uh, question I've got for you is that how is it that you're okay with movies that are based on real events, changing a shitload of things to fit with the narrative, but yet you, you don't have a problem with that, but yet you have a problem when they change comic books as much as they change Constantine from the original source material because if you're going to okay so real world event movies uh-huh. you have to have a sense of you live in the real world i live in the real world yeah. okay when real world events happen let's take rogue rogue one mission uh-huh. impossible yeah. any of the mission impossible movies oh or, rogue, you mean rogue nation that's what i meant rogue nation <laughs> yeah. not rogue one um or uh, james bond or uh any movies that you know like um uh, I am Legend. Yeah. Okay. Or Escape from New York. When it when it involves real world and stuff like that, that changes things, where they blow up bridges and yada yada yada. You have to you have to set aside the real world stuff. Okay. That's it's not the world that we live in. It's a different world. Okay. It's still it's it's a fictional world. Yeah. And that's why that's why I don't have a problem with it. So yeah. So <laughs> okay. All right. So you so that you understand what's going on in in my head because there's certain movies that really fucking bug me when I found out that they changed so much from the real events, you know, just to fit make the movie more entertaining or whatever. Like Foxcatcher, they changed the shit. Okay, uh, okay, and I understand that, <clears throat> and that does bother me as well. Or Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, that doesn't bother me as much, uh-huh. um, because. Uh, Ultimately, are you entertained by the story? Yeah, oh yeah, I walked away fucking energized. Okay, so B- Bohemian. Bohemian Rhapsody, I didn't have a problem with most of that. Yeah, because a, it tells a story. B, it's the way that the, it's the way that the Queen wanted. Well, yeah. let's just say it's the way that Queen wanted it. Yeah, and and C, I think it has a lot to do with um, the story and the way it was mm-hmm. up until the douchebag director got fired. Yeah, yeah, singer. I, I didn't say the full name. Don't say the name at all. His <laughs> name is banned from he who must not who who shall not be named. All right, fine. Um, when when he got when he got let go, the movie was eighty percent done, yeah. so they couldn't go back and reshoot it. And you know that may have a lot to do with the way that it turned out because the director is ultimately responsible for the product, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't have a problem with the way that they changed things in Bohemian Rhapsody because you have a two hour movie to tell a story that is very complicated and and you're and you're dumbing it down yeah right um 
fox catcher the same thing they're they're doing it for entertainment purposes um if you want the real story read the book et cetera, et cetera. Or like American Made with Tom Cruise. Like when you go back and read about the real Barry Seal and there's a lot of shit they changed just to make the movie more entertaining. Yeah, and and I didn't, again, I don't have a problem with that because I was entertained by the movie. Yeah, well, the okay. movie was fucking great. So, I, you know. Um, when they say based on a true story, we all know it's not based on an, a, a real, it's not based on anything. It's it's whatever whimsy and whoever is writing yeah. the movie at the time or directing the movie at the just time. Just like when you watch Zero Dark Thirty. Right, or Black Hawk Down, or this and that. Although I've heard Black Hawk Down is actually closer to the events yeah. uh, than most uh, every other based on a true story movie. Um, uh, Hurt Locker, same thing. Yeah. But again, when it comes to real life movies, they change things. So I Lone Survivor. Yeah, I, I intrinsically <laughs> just put that aside because I'm not there witnessing history. Yeah. Or the real events. I'm there. Witnessing somebody telling me a camp story fire. Okay, so you like a, almost like a Cliff Notes version. Yeah, Cliff okay. Notes version. It's the winner. Ta- it's the winner's version. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. R- winners write history. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's the King James version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the Vatican's version. Now, when it comes to comics, those are set in stone. Yeah, those are precious. Okay, <laughs> and when when you take like this is the reason why I like this movie. Mm-hmm. It does deviate from the comic. Okay. Which, I mean, kind of has to in certain ways. It, and actually, it didn't. They could have just taken the comic and made the, the fucking movie right out, straight out of the comic, which is what they basically did. They just fucking took some shit out of it that they didn't need to. Um, because the story in the comic is ultimately better than the movie, the way that Mignola does it. Yeah. And if he had done the movie just like the comic, <laughs> you know, I think that you would have had a better movie. That aside, when it comes to comics in and of itself, what's written and what's shown on the screen if you're going to take source material and you're going to do something like constantine now there's a million comic book movies out there doom we can do video games as well doom uh constantine uh even the original hellboy novel or movies um because they deviated directly greatly from when when you do that if or preacher the tv series yeah or uh, Constantine, the TV series. If you are going to or take Arrow. From, <laughs> perfect, per, another perfect example. If you're going to take from source material, you better goddamn well use that source material. Because if you're going to take from the source material and not use it, then what's the point? That there's that makes no sense to me. Especially like with Constantine, they're taking from the source material, and there are some really good parts in that movie, <laughs> but. They're using so little of the source material yeah. that it just, there's no point. Like they should have just made it a completely <laughs> different thing. They they could have just called it a different name yeah. instead of, you know, Constantine based on DC Comics. Yeah. Could have just been called Demon Slayer instead or something. Yeah. You know, or God Killer, right? Or whatever they wanted to call it. And, and then they could have said, you know, uh, inspired by Constantine or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to take the rights... And then, and then just completely shelve any of the fucking a- any of the information that's used is garbage, um, because what you're doing is you're just buying the rights to keep the rights. You're, you're you're hoarding, right? It's like buying books and not reading them. Yeah, you're just taking you're taking this because somebody else is doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh well, the the Marvel's making fucking movies. Let's make movies too, right? 
So Marvel does all these movies. They have what twenty two movies now? Some shit. Forty six hours. Let's see. Uh, Infinity War was in the nineteenth. So then you had Ant Man and the Wasp twenty. Then Captain Marvel. Then so yeah, Endgame is twenty two. So yeah, twenty one. And then Spider Man. They've already done that as well. So twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. So they have twenty one movies. Well, you have the Hulk. Well, if you count if you count Ang Lee's Hulk, um, yeah, you have to. There's twenty two. There's apparently there. There's forty six hours worth of Marvel movies, yeah. and AMC is going to show all of them before Endgame. Mm-hmm. So we have four fucking days of Marvel movies coming. Don't be surprised though if they don't play Ang Lee's Hulk. I won't be, but there's supposed to be twenty. There's forty six hours. That's twenty two movies. Yeah. Um. So you have you have Marvel producing their movies. So when Marvel does their movies, Fox reciprocates and makes an X Men movie or a Fantastic Four movie or a Deadpool movie. Okay, but they didn't they didn't really rely on Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool movie. To be close to the fucking source material, yeah. So we'll take Deadpool out of that. You have F- Fantastic Four, which was what three movies? Yeah, three shitty movies. Well, two meh movies and one real shitty movie. Yeah, uh, two kid friendly movies. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, we all want fucking superhero movies. Yeah, and then someone makes a goddamn Fantastic Four movie, and then they make us, you know, the Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah, and it's. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, they're doing the Silver Surfer, right? It is so on point with the fucking comic, and everybody hates it. It just it was missing a lot to it, you know? It, it wasn't missing anything. It was so on point. Like Dr. Doom being so vain because he cut himself. Yeah. Shaving or whatever the fuck it is. He wears a, he wears a mask. It was so goddamn on point. I was just and because I, I went, I went back and just checked out some of them. I, I was doing research for Marvel movies and whatnot. Yeah. And and Fantastic Four and how would they incorporate you know the Richards Building into, <laughs> well, in, into the Marvel Universe? I'm just yeah. you, know, you you start thinking about that stuff because it was on. So I was just doing research, and and I started reading through all of that. And like, Fox really fucking did a good job of making these movies mm-hmm. to the point where, as cheesy as they were, the source material is right there. They yeah. followed the source material. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and that, but they can't win because they're not Marvel. I a few months ago I did my spring cleaning on on my DVD collection because I, I have so fucking many, and I was like, "There's movies I'm never going to watch again. Why the fuck do I even own these?" Right? And well, what are you getting rid of? I, uh, God, I I can't even, off the top of my head. I can't think of which ones I got rid of. There weren't anything special, but um, two of them I got rid of. Were did the, you throw them away? Or did you give them? No, to the I g- I gave them to a, um, my son's friend because oh, okay. they they watch DVDs all the time. They watch a shitload of movies. And I quit selling them to Dimple because Dimple was, they're just like GameSpot, right? They only give you cents on the dollar. Yeah, don't worry about it. I don't care that about bullshit, that. right? So, um, yeah, I just give them away to people that appreciate it. And, uh, you know, because I love people watching movies. And so the the two Fantastic Four movies from the 2000s, those those are two of the casualties. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm never going to watch these again. If I, and if I ever have the urge to, which I probably won't, I'll just watch them on fucking streaming. Yeah. You know? and, and, I, and again, when it comes right down to it, the whole thing is is on point. Yeah. You know, with the origin stories and the way they look and the suits and everything yeah. else, even the flying car, all that. And yet I didn't get rid of Green Lantern or Punisher Warzone or- Stupid. Or 2004 Punisher. You suck. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's the Punisher. Oh, Dolph Lundgren's the killing one. Punisher. Or yeah, or David, or what was the, the one? David what, Hasselhoff. There's the one with the Captain, the old Captain America from 1990 that never made it into theaters. Yeah. 
I remember so. the poster for that at the drive-in. <laughs> it was there. I was like, oh, damn, they're coming up with Captain America. Oh, damn. Where'd he go? <laughs> so uh, to to answer your question about the uh, the comics, if you're not going to use the source material yeah, <laughs> and you're not going to uh, uh, pay tribute to that comic in terms of yeah. uh, characters and how they're written, how they're supposed to be, then you're wasting everybody's time. Yeah. You know what? There's there's movies I've seen. I I off the top of my head, I can't think what it is. But there's movies I've seen where it was a really good movie. They just shouldn't have called it what it was based off of, like something you know that's already been established. Yeah, I agree. You know, and so I I could see that with Constantine being that way for you. Luckily for me, when I first saw it, I didn't know anything about John Constantine, so I, I fucking loved it. And I'm a Keanu fan, even though he, you know he's not the greatest actor in the world. But I still loved the movie because I loved every character in it, every actor that was in it. I loved it when Peter Stormare came up as the devil at the end. I fucking love that scene. You know, I, it, it's just it's a garbage movie. I'm sorry, man. Sorry you don't. Yeah, sorry you feel that way. Yeah, I'm sorry that you like it. <laughs> I'm sorry you like a shitty movie. I fucking love that movie. It's, it's like watching Critters. Crit- well, Critters is oh. it's a shitty movie. Do you compare Constantine and Critters? <laughs> We're done here. No. Go, I'm going home. Critters grabs my my child like, uh, you know, fun. You know, I watched the Critters movies when I was a kid. So there's always a part of Critters that'll be uh, a part of me. Yeah. <laughs> Love the crates. All right. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, you know, anyway, would you recommend Hellboy? Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it's, it, it follows the comic. Uh-huh. Um, but it deviates a little bit because it yeah. adds a couple of stories, but for the most part, it follows the wild hunt 100%. Yeah. And, th- and, um, with few exceptions, uh, this movie, it, there's too many origin stories. Yeah. That's part of the problem. I mean, you need to have the Alice, you need to have the Alice, uh, 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 stupid brain. Yeah. The Alice origin when she was the a baby. Alice Monahan. That was fucking cool. That was a cool, I love the whole sequence. Yeah. It worked. And the Daniel Day Kim thing is Ben Dymo. I I don't know if you really needed that character, but it's a good intro because you because ultimately down the line you're going to need him anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um I didn't care for Ian McShane as Trevor Brutenholm dying. Yeah. I liked him as Trevor Brutenholm, I just didn't care for him dying. Yeah, it was By the way, Ian McShane was good friends with John Hurt. I could see that. So, uh Thomas Hayden Church as Lobster Johnson. Love that. That was cool. That was uh, cool. He was in two scenes. Yeah. Uh, you, you, I mean, you, there's so much going on yeah. in this in this movie <coughs> that um, it, it, it needs to be seen. Yeah. I mean, look, if you like Hellboy, you got to definitely see this movie. Um, and there's more positives going on with this than negatives. It, it definitely needs to grow. You know, there definitely need, there's room for major improvements, but overall, I do recommend this movie. It is not, it is not anywhere near as bad as the critics are saying. Right, it really is not, and you know, it it sucks that it's the movie's making as little as it as it is making because it premiered at like third place, I think, um, over the weekend. Yeah, and you just I think you got to give it time. I think it's got to make its money back, but you know, right now between now and the end of the month. Before Avengers. Well, luckily, there's nothing coming out this week. Exactly. So, um, Mignola stated that he had minimal involvement. When the decision was made to do another movie, I got involved saying, if you're going to do that story, don't do this or that. Change this and that. He helped steer it. That's it. So, it's important when it, when the creator gets involved yeah. 
you know, um, and he, he, he did a couple of interviews uh, that go a little bit deeper into what was his total involvement in the movies, and he took a couple passes at the screenplay. So um, he didn't want to do another origin story, feeling that Del Toro had already succeeded with that. Uh, he felt that the three-book arc that uh, gave the filmmakers an entryway back into the world of Hellboy and allowed them to expand beyond the comic. Um, that's uh, Mignola confirmed that the darkness calls the wild hunt then the storm and the fury and you'll pull bits and pieces from other stories such as Hellboy in Mexico. Yeah. So that's that's what I liked about it, and that's why I wanted. That's why I think that when he's trying to steer away from the Guillermo del Toro stuff, because that's your origin story. Yeah. And then everything else that comes after it, regardless of who's making the movie or who's doing it, they're not going to revisit the origin story because it's already been done, done to death. Yeah, you don't need to fucking Spider Man it. And, or fucking Bruce Wayne it. Holy shit. Yeah, exactly. God damn. You know, and 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 there are more stories to tell with Hellboy than just multiple fucking origin stories. Yeah. So I think that's what's going to help it. What I would like to see them do um, is why don't you just make a fucking YouTube series? People will goddamn watch that. Yeah, they're watching uh, Cobra Kai. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna. I'll. I think Cobra Kai is free now, right? They got rid of YouTube Red. I don't know. I don't so. care. I don't watch that stuff. I don't watch YouTube. Well, I heard the the <laughs> not at all. Mm. Uh, I heard the Cobra Kai series is actually very well done. Yeah, I'm not interested. And in then it, the guy who played the the leader of the Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I know the whole. Oh, whatever. Fine. I guess we don't talk anymore. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're not going to. <laughs> I, I already. I know the whole the whole deal with the uh, the whole return. Blah 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 blah. So, all right. Um. So yeah, I would recommend this only because if you're a fan of comics, you should see the movie. It's gory as shit. So not no, well, not too gory for your mom. Apparently not. <laughs> it wasn't gory. It wasn't it's gory fun. enough. Fucking bodies being ripped apart and faces being torn off. Goddamn! I mean, the part with the Stabbed giants. Through. I mean, the giants alone. That scene. There was so much fucking gore in it. Yeah. <laughs> but, His legs being chopped off yeah. and fucking people being stabbed in the face. Yeah. Some dude, like, there was a part in the movie where this fucking nightmare devil pops out of the ground and he's got this giant blade bone thing and he takes a guy and fucking whacks the guy right on top of the bone. Yeah. And it just, and, and then he just drags the fucking dude right down it. Yeah. And she's like, it's not gory enough. And I just turned and looked at her and I went, did, did, did you not just see that? Maybe she just saw Dead Alive or something. I don't know. <laughs> and it was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're not eating the butt. I'm like, oh, there's a part where the dude got fucking cut, split in half. Yeah, he got he got a he got a bone tomahawked. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, and she's like, it's not gory enough. <laughs> like what? We make her watch Bone Tomahawk. There you yeah, go. Oh man, visceral, visceral man. Oh, damn. All right, so yeah, I recommend it too. You know, it's got its problems, but it it's better than they're saying. Definitely better than they're saying. Yeah. So. Yeah, it needs it, it needs some love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, but I, I don't, I don't see them doing a sequel to this fucking movie. How, how you know bad it's doing. So, whatever. All right. So that's it for this one. Uh, the next movie we'll be talking about is uh, the Pet Cemetery remake with uh, Jason Clark. Right. Sometimes. Dead is better. <laughs> Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's it, man. I'm out. It's been a fucking long one. All right. All right. Bye. Later.